Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your host, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by betonline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code, that's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another installment of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash. I'm here with our former legendary 76ers point guard, Eric Snow, and my brother, Tasia Dash. Gentlemen, we're about a week away from the draft. So obviously a lot of deals are going to be coming that night. And so we're, we're a week away amongst offseason, really starting in, in a week. So how, how are you guys doing? Are you guys excited for that? Doing good. Yeah, definitely. Excited. Excited every day, man. Every day is closer to a pick or a trade. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy how, like, you know, we always talk about NFL and NBA are so different, but like, you know, such a build up to the NFL is wrath. There's like, there's months and months of a build up, but then like, NBA, it's got the finals, and then like a week later, it's done, and then you got the draft that, uh, right right after that. I don't know. I just, I feel like it kind of takes a little, a little bit of the luster away from the draft, but it also makes it more exciting to have the draft so soon after the season being over. But I don't know. What, what do you think, Eric? Yeah, I mean, I think it's tough. I mean, I think the the biggest difference is. Um, you know, the NFL also has free agency before the draft that yeah. we don't. So they have to get it in before the free agency. So that's why I think that you have that small window. Mm-hmm. And since the season's been extended, you know, that that's you you you, you don't have a choice really, unless you're gonna push by free agency, which most guys don't want that. And I don't think teams want that because guys won't do anything until <laughs> their contract is signed. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's so many more trades though. I feel like NFL is, is gearing – they need that time to really build their team through the draft, whereas you don't really build your team in the NBA draft, right? I mean, you you set yourself up for the future or yeah. you use that draft capital to plug holes on your roster. And it's also – I mean, NFL is, you know, like you said, it's, it's so many more people, players, and drafting, so many more rounds and picks and research. So from the time the season's over – and, you know, because it'll be unfair for a team to make the Super Bowl. They, they'll need more time. So mm-hmm. the time between there, I understand it. But the, the NBA, even while they're playing, you know, the two teams that are playing right now are still have guys that are out there doing workouts and doing draft prep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and over and recently, you know, like, you know, we was talking about the NBA has got so many deals and so many trades. NFL has become more of that where you're starting to see more deals and stuff going on, like, like, like an NBA offseason. So, I mean, kind of. Yeah, it's fun to see the NFL kind of taking on that little NBA kind of aspect of, you know, guys getting traded, big name guys being traded, like, you know, every other week in this past offseason, which is something more common, more common for sure. Um, All right. So there's lots to get into, lots of rumors. And we've been talking about a lot of rumors and stuff over the last few weeks. But as we get closer to the draft, more things are happening. And so we're going to start off with the first rumor um, kind of trending on Twitter over the last week. 
uh, was that OJ Anunoby uh, is starting, is one of the guys who's not, who wants out of Toronto. It's reports say he wants out, um, but obviously nothing, nothing official on that. But an unnamed NBA uh, Eastern Conference executive said that he could see the Sixers going after a guy like OJ Anunoby. Um, so naturally, a lot of Sixers fans went online, you know, discussing hypothetical trades that could, that could land OJ Anunoby. And one trade that I've seen was uh, Tyrese Maxey and Danny Green for OJ Anunoby. Naturally, being a Maxi fan, I don't really like that trade, but I wanted to go ask you guys' opinion on that one. Would you guys, what would you guys give up for OG, OG and Yunobi? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I wouldn't give up Maxi for him. Because, um, <clears throat> I, I mean, I'm not really sure how we would use him. I know he's played three and some four. Um, I do like him. I, I just... I just think it's, you know, we're, you know, are we getting a reserve or are we getting a starter? So, I mean, I, I just, that's why I'm like, it, I think he's more of a Bible trade to me. Interesting. Paige, I know you're a big OG fan. So where, where, where would you take this? Uh, I think players? he definitely starts. I think he's perfect for a three. Um, I know it's Raptor fans, but Raptor fans say he can guard one to five. I don't know about the five part, but Probably guard one to four, um, some one, two, three, sweet spot, undersized fours. He probably guard um, good catch and shoot three. Uh, I I think yeah, I, I think we did it though. So the lineup would be Harden, someone at two, OG Harris and Embiid. Um, I assume we look for a sniper to play two. Uh, if you want to absolutely kill people with defense, you put Thibel and OG on the same core at the same time. Um, it's tough because I just don't feel like Max is anywhere close to his potential. I don't think OG is either. I think OG is closer to that level, though. Um, three, year, three years older than Maxi. He's got a pretty good contract numbers. They're not bad. I think he's got uh, two more years and $35 million left, and then he's got a player option after that. Um, yeah, I mean, my biggest problem is if you do that, is that now you have to fill in another hole. You don't get you don't you're not you're not just plugging in the last starter. That's why I think you said you got to do the thigh ball. I, I so would I. Um, I don't think they would do that though. But I think yeah, obviously you do that, then you have to worry about getting one more player to complete your starting five. Yeah. Um, so you know it's it's tough because would you guys rather trade Maxi and Green for let's say OG and Nobi, or would you rather keep Harris or package Harris and Maxi to get like a Beal and Levine type player? So that's that. That's if you're going to do throw Maxi in there, <clears throat> Maxi plus Harris can maybe get you like a a star, right? OG's not a star; he's a good, really good compliment. Um, so that's my only thing. Like if you're going to throw Maxi in there, I'd say you got to you got to reach you got to reach high, way higher. Well, for that. well, no, we I know you guys have you know said your high on Maxi, um, and it's not that I'm not high on Maxi. I just don't know what his future is as far as with Philadelphia and how he's going to be used. That that's the that's the hangup that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, is he going to be the primary ball handler or is he going to be a wing guy? Is he going to be a Jordan Clarkson? Like what what is he going to be? Is he going to be a Trey Young? Like how are we going to use him primarily going forward? That that's where I'm kind of hung up on. And I think a lot of my indecision or decision with him is based on that uncertainty. Like, I really don't, I don't know. Yeah. 
I mean, so to me, it's kind of hard to really predict the ceiling when you don't really know the usage and how it's going to be. By now, most guys that we say have the potential that he has, you kind of know what they're going to be for that team. Is that because Harden clouded it? Say it again. Is that because Harden addition kind of made it harder to I think, find? I think I think you had Ben before, and now you have James. So yes, I think that that's what I'm saying. I think that James addition has. I don't know if it's really stunning him because he's still starting, he's still playing a lot, but I just don't know how what's going to be his primary usage mm-hmm. going forward. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously. He's, Doc has established how he's going to do it. Uh, maybe he comes back next year and he's even better. And 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 I just don't know how you push James off the ball. Like, and I don't know if how much of a how much better Maxi can get being off the ball. It's kind of similar to Jordan Poole on Golden State. Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to start him over Clay next season? Is he going to be the six man next season? I mean, the way, like, especially the way Andrew Wiggins is playing. <laughs> yeah, I know. What Wiggins, man, I know you have to give it to Curry, but Wiggins is making a – not to go off subject, Wiggins is making a case to be MVP with the way he's been playing yeah, last night. He's not, he's not getting that. Of course, he'll never – he never <laughs> – Someone in the NBA had to have bet him to be MVP for him to win MVP. So that, that, that's the only thing I can think of. But he is he's playing amazing. Um, he's but playing, He is playing yeah. well. Yes. But it, it, it's – it is um it's tough, yeah, to know what Maxie's gonna become. Um, yeah. It's not really become, it's how they're gonna play him. I know it's, everybody talking about this positionless basketball and this net, but it's still like what's the right word? Identity. Like what's his identity for the team? Like we we see the skill and we see he can play, but what's his identity? Because he was playing well before we made the trade, but he was but he had the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, then James come, he's still playing well, but that's when the roller coaster to me started because his chances went down a little bit. Yeah. Just interesting. Just something that kind of. Yeah. Chances went down. The attention also went down too, though. No yes. one's eyes were on Max anymore. Everyone's eyes are on. Yes, of course. He's, one he's no one. longer the second option. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be so, so, Essentially, when it comes to OG and Inobi, Maxi's off the table. Is that I wouldn't do it for Maxi, no. Yeah. Uh, it's tough for me. Yeah. You actually would consider that? You, you would I really him. would, man. I just think I think Inobi's so I think he's so perfect for our starting five. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I just say that if you take him out, he I think he fits. But if you're doing it for for Maxi, then you're taking away something. And now you, you you're creating a whole different issue. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, now hopefully these are just rumors and this unnamed executive just throwing throwing uh, that out there. Um, hopefully it doesn't mean anything. Um, but uh, okay, so our next topic, an- another um, another rumor out there. Uh, so the Denver Nuggets are putting up uh, essentially they're shopping Will Barton and Monty Morris uh, right now, um, and. Obviously, we know that we're apparently buyers right now and we're open for business. Um, so a lot of Sixers fans are kind of wondering about how Barton and Morris could play with us. And one of the kind of the, the comments online is, 
Can Will Barton play three uh, for the Sixers? I mean, I, mean, I, I see him more as a, as a two, but can, can he play three with us? So that's kind of my question here. What do you guys think about Monty Morris and Will Barton's fit in Philly? And what do you think about Barton as far as playing a three with us? I, I do like Monty um, a lot. <clears throat> I don't know if it fits good with Maxie and James. I, I think it's too, too much of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Will Barton, I think, Actually, Will Barton's a guy I think that you can get if you want to put Maxi to the six man role. I think he fits that role. I'm not. I'm not certain on the on the three. Um, if it just kind of depends on who's beside him. If you consider him a three, I mean, you know, because I think that if he's beside Maxi, then you you know you play. You know, Kevin Durant, like, who's going to guard him? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You play some of the bigger guys. And, uh, you know, you may run into that issue. Not a lot, but you you may run into it a little bit. Okay, your, uh, your thoughts on uh, on the potential of this trade and Barton playing three? I know a lot of Sixer fans think he could perfectly fit in at three. I mean – He's got the size. He's he's six six. Um, rebound a little bit. I think he averages, I think five the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, I just don't know how it translates to this team though. He's not. He's another ISO scorer for us. And I just don't. I think we need a catch and shoot guy who can play defense at three. You put him on the current squad. Maxi ISO score. Harden ISO score. Embiid, Harris, Barton. I don't want to just go one-on-one with all these guys all the time. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right. I think you, you go – if Maxi goes to a six-man or Barton goes to a six-man, then then you're – because I think Barton would excel in that role, just give him the ball with the bench and just let him do his thing and score 14, 13 a game. Um, but I just don't know how much it fits with the starting five. And plus, I mean, that's not really a defensive three, but, you know, I don't know. I, I don't mind the deal. Um, I just think it'd be more of a settling deal. I think we'd be settling for that. Well, I, I know they, that they, they said they're, they're, they're open to dealing both those guys, but I mean, what, what do you think realistically what would we have, what would we have to trade to get that? Cause that, that doesn't strike me as a Danny green in a first round pick uh, kind of deal. I mean, I, yeah. If I, if I remember right, there was both of those guys signed contracts. So I don't think it's, it's a cheap deal. I mean, yeah. you don't have to yeah. give up something. I think Barton makes like, around 13 to 15. And I think Monte signed like a, a few year deal. I think he makes like eight or nine a year. So no, it would not just be a green. Yeah. You got to give up more than that. Yeah. 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 It, it, to get like Barton would be attainable uh, with just green and maybe, maybe like shake or something, but um, to get both of them, no, it wouldn't be that simple. Um, we have to definitely throw some other things in there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I may consider Barton with, you know, Danny and a pick. I mean, you get Barton as a 23rd pick. Yeah. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you're always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, 
your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Yeah. We'll do that. And we're, we're about to get into that right now. Okay, so... um. As far as uh, as far as rumors, uh, uh, yesterday Kevin O'Connor um, from the Ringer uh, released a report saying the Sixers are shopping currently shopping Danny Green and our first round pick, which is interesting because you know a lot of the rumors we've talked about were Matisse and something, but it's obviously sees we, we want to keep Matisse. It seems like uh, for now, but uh, we're shopping our first and Danny Green. So some of the players that have been mentioned on social media as guys who could be you know retaining a deal with uh, for Danny Green and a first, uh, Will Barton was one of them. Eric Gordon was another one. Jamichael Green, who just got traded for a pick. Uh, Alec Burks, Royce O'Neal, Terrence Ross, Lou Dort, KCP, Marcus Morris, and Derek Favors. Those are guys who've been mentioned as far as, you know, if we were packaged Danny Green in a first-round pick. All those guys I just named, who's one that kind of stands out to you as a guy who would like, oh, like, yes, we, I would definitely do that for, for Green in our first-round pick? Um... Probably if I had to, you know, I don't really remember the whole list. Uh, but to me, Ross. Yeah. Um, I think um, he's a guy that can heat up for you at times. And I think that's kind of what we need. I think if you have Joel and you have James, even if you have Maxi, if you have a guy that can get hot, especially in the fourth quarter that's outside of those guys, um, make some shots and, I think that he's a guy that could be a, sort of a wild card for us. We'll have to list to my right here so I can have it. <laughs> There's a lot of guys. I like a lot of these guys, to be honest with you. Um, a lot of them fit needs for us, too. I think um, I think Gordon, you're looking at a solid 14-point-a-game score to be our sixth man, um, main point, uh, point source off the bench. Um, Barton, similar. Uh, I think the same type of thing. Uh, or possibly starting three, as people do like. Um, I think Alec Burks, another possible six-man. Taron Ross, another good six-man. Um, also play with the starters, maybe closing if he's hot. Um, guys who could start for us, I think Dort. I'm a huge Dort fan. Yeah. Um, young dog can score. KCP, I think, could start at three for us and really fit in with our starting five. Um, Marcus Morris is interesting because – he could play three starting to get a little, his feet are starting to get a little slower. He could play three with Tobias. And if you trade a Tobias, he could slide into be kind of your undersized four as well. You can play both. So you're, you're, you have a little versatility with him. If you did decide to move on from Tobias either this year or next year. Um, and he's tough. He can catch and shoot. He can bang a little rebounds, a little, like a little Harrison Barton and Barnes ish, like the four to six rebound a game range. Um, Royce O'Neal is interesting, too. I always thought Royce O'Neal was taller than he was. I don't know why I thought he was tall. He just plays bigger. He's got the dog mentality. He's like a better shooting version of Matisse, I feel, too. He's, I, I think he's shooting around like 37%, um, 38% last year. And then uh, with Favors and uh, Jermichael Green, you got some four and five options for us. Uh, if I had to rank my top three, no order, I'd say – I'd say Dort, KCP, Marcus Morris. 
Royce O'Neal would be close though, just because he's. I think he could play three for us. I think he's being a little um, underutilized over there because they have so many guys that just get shots up, man. Between Bogdanovich, Mitchell, Clarkson, they have a lot of guys who get shots up. I think you know he'd have a lot of open corner threes to become our our PJ Tucker in the corner over there. Yeah, uh, Marcus Morris, I, I, we may, may have mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Someone was talking about bringing in a, a guy with like a dog mentality as a, as a four to come on the team. Someone posted an article and Marcus Morris actually liked the tweet. So and he's, mm. he's, he's from Philadelphia, too. So that would make the Philly guy would make of all course. the sense in the world. Yeah, nice. Um, so Eric, Eric mentioned uh, Terrence Ross. You're not a Terrence Ross fan. You, you, had, you had him come off the bench. I mean, Terrence Ross could play three fours. Yeah, but I don't think he's really a full-time starter in Orlando. He's not a full-time starter in Orlando to start for a championship caliber team. I just I'm 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 iffy about that. I'd rather him play um, be a bulk shooter off the bench. I, I think he'd be better for that. I don't think. I mean, that's how I visit him. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think for our three, I'd rather have a guy who plays defense. Just our our three. I imagine we have a starting three. Matisse or or or, or, or one leg green. It's a starting green. I was just gonna three. say my ideal starting three is <laughs> we, we have the ideal starting three, <laughs> but can shoot, <laughs> but can shoot. That's my ideal three. So, like give him this season, man. Give him this, give him this, you know, this summer rather. Uh, yeah. Well, oh, by was, the way, going back to the OG, you can't trade Thibel for OG because that's right. Oh, yeah. Toronto, he can't play. So. Yeah, there you go. Forget about that. Well, he, he, you know, he may change now, so you never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, I love if Thibel, I mean, if Thibel had a, sh- a better shot, I wouldn't even say anything. I wouldn't even I'd be done with it. He'd be untradeable, in my opinion. Give, give him the like Eric said. Give, give him the offseason. I, I know you're, you're you've been one of these big proponents of uh, you know give Harden the offseason. He finally has an offseason to train uh, over the last two years. Yeah, so, yeah, partially toward hamstring. Yeah, but it's different. If, if you're gonna give him another offseason, let's, let's give Matisse one more. <laughs> yeah, but one guy is be calling you out, Dante. <laughs> one guy in his bad season, like you said, Eric's averaging twenty three and, and eleven. The other guy's averaging like four and like three on like thirty three percent shooting from the three point line. I mean, like it's a little different, right? I mean, it's Tribal's got one thing to get better at, one thing, and that's it to be serviceable. One thing, but if he doesn't get better at that, he's practically unplayable in playoff games. That's the problem. Whereas Harden. Yeah, we want him to get better in mid-rangers, but he's not playable. He's still Harden as is is still 24 and 10, right? 24, 10, and 7. Mm-hmm. That's not on play. Thibel, we're talking about, and the only problem with Thibel is next year's his contract year. So I know you have restricted free agent rights after that, but the most you can get for him is probably right now, contractually. You get you that's part of the perk with Thibel. We don't know if he's going to get a better shot or not. Neither do they. Whoever's trading for him is hoping for that, too. That's why they might give you more for him. So if you're saying, hey, man, he might get a better shot. We can't wait for that, though. we got to beat him harder. We can't wait for Fable to get a shot. But you can go to OKC, wait for his shot. Two cheap years. Give us Dort. A fancy football trade ploy. ploy. <laughs> I wouldn't mind Dort, but, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think, you know – I think Thibel, he improved. His three-point shot improved from, from the year before to this year. I mean, it, it's gone up, 
I mean, steadily, not not maxi rate if we're comparing to maxi rate, but like. Well, no, that's that's unfair. That's unrealistic. Ridiculous. In fact, I, I bet you maxi regresses. So what what is um Dort some like? I know that he struggled shooting early on. Like what what's his improvement? And do you think that he can go from that team in that environment as far as his role to now a more restricted role and be a spot up shooter? Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's different when you got volume and you making shots to now becoming a spot up shooter. Do you think you're getting the same thing? The same guy? I feel like I also feel like just offensively. Cause I think, I think Dort is might be a better on ball defender than, than, than Thibault. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. I'm, I'm talking um, about more off, offensively. offensively yeah. I think it's easier to ask Dort to be like, okay, you averaged 16 last year on a lot of shots on a terrible team. You're going to a good team with less shots. Um, can you average 11 off like five less shots a game? 12? I mean, that's all we need. We don't need him to average 15. I would just take 9 to 12 from him, and I'd be happy with that. If you gave me 9 to 12 from Thibault, so we wouldn't so, even talk so about is it. So is it – because I'm talking about more of the shooting. Is it more that he's a more willing shooter or more oh, confident he, shooter? Yeah, he, he jacked him up. You know what I'm saying? Because – I think he attempts like six to eight a game. Yeah, on the team that was expected to lose. Like, yeah, absolutely. Versus the team that's expected to win a championship. Yeah, but I could also counter that and say Thibault's threes are probably much more open than Dort's are. Who's taking, I mean. Well, yeah, I mean, that that's not always good. <laughs> that's true. But if you can if, but if you can take if you can take eight threes a game and make in the mid-30s with people actually guarding you. Whereas Thibault's taking two a game, no one's guarding him. Yeah, he- I, I, I get, I, I get what you're saying. I, I'm just saying, like, I, I, I was just kind of wanted to bring up the conversation, like, what, what do you expect for a guy that has did that with them to now come here, come with us, and in a totally different role? Yeah, probably a familiar role with him, maybe when he first started out, mm-hmm. um, but it's still different. And, and, and it's still – the expectations are different, too. So, I don't know him, don't know him well enough to know that whether he can still strive in that. But it's, it's, it's interesting. It is interesting. I just – you know, I'm not certain that that role – and it's hard – and now we can see it's hard to fill that role of defending and making, a, making threes. Like, it's not an easy thing to find. Those guys, when they excel at it, they – um. You know, they do well. I mean, you know, guy, somebody, they must, somebody asked me about, you know, us trading Mikael Bridges. I'm like, who's to say that he would have been the same guy in Philly that he is in Phoenix? Yeah. yeah. So we don't know. His defense might even improve, be a lot less energy spent on offense, that's for sure. He wouldn't have to create shots anymore for himself. So he could just concentrate on shooting threes and just taking their best wing off the court pretty much. That'd be his job every night. And you're still confident that Dort, because this is the topic we had a couple weeks ago, that he could play three. I think he could, yeah. I think he plays. You got to be confident he can. That we- <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't confident. No, you said you think he can. This is what we talking about the three. <laughs> I mean, God. <laughs> He's 6'3", but he plays much bigger than that. I've seen him guard Durant. So, not, not that I put him on Durant. So do you day. see him as a, a 3 and D 2 
and Maxi at the six man more so than them at the three? Or you just can't play him, you know, or just, or I think, the whole. I, I think, yeah, I think you could put him at three. I mean, if, yeah, I think you could put him at three. I really, I really think you could play three. All right, got it. So you think our defensive lineups when we do have him at two? Because you, because you put Thibault at three. That's a good, that's a good defensive lineup right there. Oh, oh yeah. Because yeah. usually, if you if you play an undersized guy at a position, he's gonna what get abused defensively. But he, I don't think he would get to be. Who's gonna? You know, no, he's physical enough that he can do it. Yeah, he's he plays he plays really big. It's kind of like it's Marcus Smartish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the issue that you run into a lot of times with that is if you play him at the three, and then all of a sudden you have you play a team with a big two team. big wings, and now he picks one. So now you're looking at Maxi Garden, small, a bigger guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's give like a big big wings. Um, Boston, a good example, right? Boston, yes. Right, so I mean, Dort would probably guard. I'd say Dort would guard Tatum. So back um, to Jalen Brown. Depend what's the, so what's the lineup? Smart Tatum, Brown, Horford, Robert Williams. Is that what we're mm-hmm. looking at? Yeah, yeah. Or you go, I or or, or Harden on Tatum. Even even um, let's say, you know. Hard on Tatum, and then and, and then um, what's his name on Brown? <laughs> Look, whoever's killing us more in that moment because those guys seem to alternate, don't they? Yeah, they're rarely I mean, both on, at least not in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens with this. So, I mean, and this potentially could happen before the before the draft. I mean, you're trading the rights to that that uh, that first round pick with Danny Green, and then you know, yes, this will be interesting. So, if we can get it yeah. with Danny, then I, you know, you know, I think you have flexibility. Yeah. You know, you can work it out. Yeah. And then once that team waves Danny, we can just pick him right back up again. <laughs> yeah, when he's healthy. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, our next topic, uh, actually a viewer um, had commented on one of our trades and wanted us to talk about this trade. It's like his his ideal three. Uh, his name's Liam Carp is our, is our YouTube commenter. He's been commenting on all our videos. Um, yeah. He wanted us to talk about uh, his ideal three, which is Harrison Barnes. So in this mocked-up trade, which I've seen this trade online too, uh, it's kind of circulated a little bit. Um, it's trading Danny Green, that first-round pick, and Furkan Korkmaz to Sacramento for Harrison Barnes. I, because Harrison Barnes has been playing a lot of four over there in Sacramento. Could you guys see him playing three and guarding other threes? I mean, uh, what, what do you guys think about that? Because I know he did that back in the day in his Golden State days, but we're getting up there in, in years for Harrison Barnes. I can see him doing it. Yeah, I would make that trade. Yeah, if you pull that off, Barnes for what Green and Ferk and a first. I mean, we're saying an injured Danny Green, so that's you know we got to look yeah, at no, it from that standpoint. You know, it's really just uh, it's really, it's really just, just trading ten million dollars. What we're doing, yeah, it's, just, it's Ferk in the pick. Yeah, for, it's for gift wrap ten million dollars for them is what what it yeah. really is. Um, yeah, I would. I mean, I would do that. You'd have a big team. We shouldn't lose rebounding anymore. At least not the way we did against the Heat. Um, great catch and shoot player. I looked it up. He hasn't shot below thirty-eight percent from three in the last four years. Wow. Um, and yeah, he's not. I would, he's t- I, would, I would make that. And he's taking him. So yeah, I would. I would. I would do that. Um, I, I'm surprised more teams aren't going after Harrison. He's had a bad contract for so long. That I think teams are just like staying away. Even though I think this is his last year. That's that what I'm season. saying. It, it got to be getting close to the end. Yeah. This is his last year, I believe. Yeah, so it's expired. So for them, it's expiring. 
So they're looking to. They're just, probably going to get look for something else. Yeah, they're just yeah, or just sending it out to get a pick for it at this point. Yeah. I've seen Kings fans pretty eager to get to get off him. I've even seen Kings fans want to take on Tobias. Um, a lot of Kings fans. Because they trying the King fans trying to make the playoffs. So they. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> and Tobias would be a pretty we good. We trying to win the championship. They trying to make the playoffs. Exactly. <laughs> Tobias would be a good that's, fit. That's where it's at right now. You play them together. They 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 they'd be a pretty good you know four and five over there. Um, yeah, I saw a similar one. I think you and I were talking about this the other day. I saw a similar one proposed by Kings fans. Um, Holmes and Barnes for Tobias in twenty three. So you get a backup five in Holmes, Sean Holmes, come back to Philly, and then you'd have uh, Barnes at four. We'd be a lot more undersized. I think I'd rather have Barnes at three and then keep Tobias. Um, the beauty of that is, I mean, everyone freaks out about Tobias's contract. Like you, you, you go to a Twitter thread, everyone's like, oh, Tobias's contract, yeah, right, you can't trade that. Two years left and, and, and uh, all 70 million, 77 million. Thing is, in the NBA, an expiring contract is a commodity. People want people want those, yeah. right? So yeah. if he's got two years left, it's really a one-year albatross contract because next yeah. year it'll be a $39 million expiring contract. Yeah. So it's going to go from untradeable to, oh, yeah, we'll take Tobias at $39 million so, coming off our books. But one thing that we got to, when we're talking about all these scenarios, the one thing that we have to pay attention to is our major competition. And, and, and when you're looking at the major competition, you're looking at the top teams that we could be possibly competing against. And most of those guys, most of those teams all have bigger guys that are their best players. True. Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, they have those guys that are six, seven plus that. So you have to find someone that's going to guard those guys. Yeah. If you want to beat them. Um, you know, Giannis is obviously is the toughest matchup to me out of all those guys, but you got to have multiple players that, that can defend if you, if you want to win. And we've seen what Jimmy came in and did against us. Um, so you have to be aware of that. So yeah. You have to be aware of bringing in guys that can somehow be a part of, you know, guarding, defending these players. And you think Harrison Barnes would be a good remedy for the for, for what we kind of experienced in this playoff? He, he's a he's a he has size, so he can help. Definitely help. Yes. And in that trade scenario, Matisse stays, so you guys are both happy. Yep. Um, and, then, and you're not. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just wanted to make the joke. I, I, I like Matisse, but I like him a lot. I just, you know, not as much, I guess, as other people. But, um, but hey, you know, keeping him, I, I still see a lot of value in that. Obviously, so yeah, I, I see the value in him. I, I just you get Barnes and keep Dybul. Yeah, I mean, I just I think book. there's, I think it's in usage for him. I just think that you know he's, he. Just got to star in his role a little better. Now, if that don't deal were, don't we all? <laughs> if that yeah, if that deal were Green Thibel in the pick for Barnes, would you do that? See, I don't, I, I don't. It's a lot. Yeah, because you know Thibel technically could be viewed as a starter. Yeah. So, so the deal to me changes because Danny was going to be a starter. So you you almost giving up, even though Danny's a you know, injured, but I had to think more about that. You know, I just, you know, because I mean, for a team like the Kings, I think I would still do it, but I wouldn't do it. 
I will have a little more hesitation than I had in the previous day. Yeah. Because, I mean, for them, for the Kings, right, like I think it's – I think Barnes is making like 18 in his final year. That's just an expiring contract for them. So, like he's just gone after this year. Like yeah. They want to get something future-related for a guy they're losing. Yeah. Green, very similar. Once we guarantee this year, it's a $10 million gift wrap box. So yeah. – it's just a difference of 8 million at that point. So just giving them, I'm mean, obviously Barnes is better than green, but giving them a little more right there. I think either the, either the pick or thigh would be the thing there. Yeah. I don't think you could do both. I think that's just too much to give up for a guy that, you know, not a lot of teams are really chasing after at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I firmly believe with, you know, and I talk to Mike every once in a while that with Mike Brown going there, that they're going to be, in the mode of trying to win and trying to get to the playoffs. Um, that that's where they're, that's, that's their thinking. Yeah. In my opinion, like he hasn't shared that with me or said that to me. I, I just think that, you know, I just know how he operates and I don't think that that's losing is something that, <laughs> you know, that's their focus. You need to text him right now. He'd be like, me, you don't want Barnes. You need to get from this Barnes guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he's going to respond back to me, Eric, um, you know, we still have one more game to get. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's going to be his response. <laughs> hey, Darren Morrow's calling me. Can I connect yeah, you guys? Yeah. <laughs> one more game to get. That's great. Yeah, uh, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset if we got Harrison Barnes. We kept Tease and had Harrison Barnes, and you know, but Tease you know, shows some versatility. The guy, the guy can act. You know, a little small, yeah, small little speaking part in that movie Hustle. Yeah, well, like this guy, dude, this guy's vers- versatile. Doing Tease probably fast forwarded through it. Though. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I, I, I was clipping and saying to the GMs, "Guy can act. Guy can play D. There you go, man. This is your guy." <laughs> Same with Tobias. Look at Tobias act. Get him over there. Yeah, it would be interesting though if they were to if that that happened this offseason. We if we kept Maxi but got rid of Tobias and um, teased the two other guys who actually had parts in that movie. To, it'd be interesting if that had happened, but I don't know. I will say Tobias for a lot of shit he's taken for the contract he he got and you know his people not leading up to that contract. You know he's he's embraced Philadelphia. You know doing this movie, having the probably the most prominent role, and just you know, kind of being a good teammate. I I, I think. Uh, Something's got to, you know, you got you to give credit for him, um, to him. And uh, it would suck to see him go. He's been a, kind of the glue guy for, for our squad. Stephen A. says, the man's class personified. Yep. Okay. <laughs> That's um, what he is. <laughs> okay, so our final topic tonight, as we mentioned, draft is a little over a week away. Um so a few questions about this, if we were to keep this pick, because uh, we haven't we haven't traded it yet, even though that's where everyone thinks we're going with it. So I have, I have two questions here. Do you think we'll keep our pick, A, and B, most mock drafts uh, have us taking a wing or a versatile big in this coming draft, um, if we were to keep it? Now, my question is, of those two positions between wing and versatile big, which is an easier transition from college to the pros, Eric, of those positions? Well, I mean, I think it could go either way. Um, you know, with a wing that that if he's a specialist and he can come in and he and his his role is really defined, he could come in and have a, a little bit of success. Um, even on a team that's you know winning team, if his role is defined, um, the versatile big, I, I, I think that. 
you got to look at the versatility as far as how it fits with Joel also. I mean, mm-hmm. He can just be a versatile, but he has to be versatile to fit Joel, not just a versatile big. Um, because if it doesn't, if he's versatile and he can't play with him, he can't really play behind him, we've had that before. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't <clears> – I think that, um, you know, if we have a you know someone that can make shots, I think that either either position, um, but that's hard to find, especially that late in the in, in the first round. Um, most of those guys are you know, you know like Cam Johnson or someone like that. If they're if they they can we can find someone like that. And that guy came in and he was sort of a versatile big and wing or wing player, and so it could be done. But he was also an older guy. Mm-hmm. Coming out of college. Yeah. This is a good wing draft, apparently. Um, I think I might order wings for the draft. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, part of me wants to keep it just because I you rebound these guys. And, you know, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, potential, potential, potential. Um, it always looks great before you actually see them on the court and drive the, the car off a lot. Um, I don't think we keep it. Um, I did read today an interesting article that said, if we can't find the right vet to help us, then trading back might be an option, at least to get something out of the draft, but still give up 23 to get value for maybe a vet. Um, as far as the uh, – I, I completely hear what you're saying about that, uh, Eric. I, I think it's easier for the one-way player, the guy who, who does that one thing really, really well, whether it's to come in, defend the hell out of, defend the hell out of yourself on the court while you're on there, um, and then get better at the other things to get more minutes. Or if you're a shooter, you shoot and, and nail it and then get better at the other things as you kill that one. The guy who kind of is a jack of all trades, it's like he's trying to get better at everything at the same time, right? To be able to stay on the court. Um, I think it's a little harder for that versatile big. But, um, but yeah, I'd probably say the wing who's got that special, the specialist wing, probably be the guy who has an easier transition. Um, there's a lot of them, though. There's a lot of wings out there. So if we do stay there, um, it could be good for us. But then again, like getting on a core on, on a team that you got to expect the guys from last year who didn't get as many minutes, the rookies and the young guys to get more. So this guy's going to be buried on the bench. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a hard team to come on to because I think we were – Doc's not a big fan of playing rookies. Um. I mean, look how good as Maxi is. Maxi hardly even played uh, towards the end of like the his rookie season, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it would be tough for him to come to this team. That's why I think it'd just be better if they just traded it, get more value out of than the keeping him. Yeah, that's what Eric always says. You know, if we're win now mode, then you kind of try to maximize this this squad. And is rookie is a rookie really going to help us win the championship this year? I mean. Probably not. Obviously, it depends. You know, we don't know how these guys will, you know, progress and stuff. No, probably not. Probably not. You have to play to 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 improve our chances. So he's not getting minutes. He's not improving our win potential. You know what I mean? So anybody in particular before before we head out, anybody in particular in the draft that you are kind of noticing that could be a good fit for our team, or you guys haven't really done that that research? Yeah, yet? I hadn't really done enough research to kind of pinpoint a guy with you know with the knee, you know. After the finals, I'll take a closer look at it. Yeah, I've almost, I, to, to be honest with you, I've, I've kind of assumed that we weren't keeping it. 
Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. won't get your hopes up and just lose them. Like, oh, I really wanted that guy. I said Liddell out of Ohio State is good, a good four, good, like, you know, he's yeah. he's rising the charts, though. Yeah, I've shot. seen him. I've seen him a lot. He he is a guy that can fill it up, can shoot it. He um, improved a lot, too. You know, every year he's improved. That's yeah, huge. He, he, um, he gives us something we don't have. Yeah, six eight, really long reach, um, block, and can can play defense. Hustles, got a little dog. Uh, he's a good, he's a little bit, but he is he. Before it was like going to Miami in the late twenties. Then oh, everyone saw him at the six or twenty three. You're seeing him in the teens now, going like the Bulls, like eighteen in a lot of mock drafts. So he's just moving up and up and up. And there's a bunch of the wings, man. I mean, like uh, Terry Buchamp, um, uh, Brown. There's just a lot of guys that. You know, yeah, it, it kind of really depends on how that that mid range, like after the guys that's supposed to go early, that that eight to fourteen range, mm-hmm. um, because who falls out of that group? You know what I'm saying? Like who who falls out? And then you know because teams later may have a guy they like but don't think he's gonna last, and all of a sudden he shows up. So it's just it's it's a it's yeah. a lot of talent, I think, like you said, in the wing, but it's also, you know, you said, well, we almost a week out and, you know, you look at different mock, mock drafts and it's like different players in almost each mock draft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Outside of the top five or six, like, it's like totally different. It's like night and day. Which makes it interesting for trading because it's like, do you want to get ahead? Of, if you're a team – who likes a bunch of those guys in the 15 to 20 range. And you're like, man, I like like three guys in that range. One of them could easily fall to 23. Do you set that up now and say like, Oh, I want to set it up now. So if at 23, he is there a lot of guys, a lot of teams. You you have some talks like that. I mean, I think is you look at guys that, like it's you know guard from Michigan State that played one year in University of Michigan, which one Howard had two freshmen that played, and 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 for the most part, it's just those three guys. Just talk about those three guys in particular. Majority of people thought they were all coming back, um, and now they're going. So you know if you're looking at teams are looking, and those guys are 18, 19 years old, and they have potential with so much potential. I think the later it goes, people grab those guys. <laughs> Yeah. So, and that's where we like, that's why I think in 23, you know, you, you might be able to get a guy that can contribute right away because I think so. Yeah. Teams could be more inclined to take a, a reach or a younger guy um, towards the middle and later in the draft. If I'm more too, I'm like, I'll do this trade with you now, but come 23, if there's someone that fell, that shouldn't have fallen. Man, I'm gonna get a lot of phone calls about that guy at that moment. A lot of teams are to call me about him. So, do it now. Yeah. So we'll see. Interesting. A, a lot. A lot of fans think we're gonna do the trade leading up to the draft. But if you if you look if you look at when Maury's first year that that draft that Seth Curry trade all that stuff happened on draft night. So I, I think he's gonna be waiting till the final moment to to, to part ways with that pick. That's possible. Yeah. Smart thing to do, I think. And they probably want to see how the, the draft starts unfolding, too. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. But, all right, guys. Well, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to 
Believe in 76ers presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys next week as we continue the pre-draft talk and maybe even a trade happens by the time our, our next show. So we'll see you guys next week. All right, take it easy. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.